hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator. Hello, back to the next episode of BCLS Just Law Podcast. I'm Tom Blakely. We're joined today by two students to talk about Moot Court, is what we're going to be chit-chatting about. Uh, Bobby Ferullo and Jamie Ehrlich, both three L's, all three L's here, so three L-O-L. Uh, guys, how you doing? Doing great. Awesome. Thanks for having Wonderful. us on. Thanks for having us on, Yeah, sure. Uh, well, before we get into it, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourselves, what brought you to law school, how it's been going, what you've been up to, and uh, yeah, take it away. Uh, Jamie? Yeah, my name's Jamie Ehrlich. I'm a 3L. I'm from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Um, I went to undergrad at the University of Chicago, um, took two years off, was a journalist, and um, I'm thrilled to be here today and almost graduating, and I, I think we're both pretty excited to graduate at this point. Bobby? So I'm Bobby Ferrell. I'm originally from Ward, Massachusetts. Um, I went to undergrad at Duke University. Um, and two years before law school, I taught in Springfield, Massachusetts, and now I'm a 3 Um Ready to start working again. Uh, it's been great here at BC Law. I'm happy to be on the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I heard a rumor you're a BC High guy, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Roundabout double eagle. Class of 2015 right there. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so for the uninitiated, what is moot court? Why don't you tell us about what it is, uh, you know, how it works, what it, you know, what, it, what it means in law school, and you know, why, why you guys were interested in it? Yeah, so moot court is basically a simulation of an appellate argument. So the students are given a prompt. Um, the way that Grimes works, at least, is that you're given a prompt at the beginning of the semester, um, and it's usually an issue, a constitutional issue. And um, you're told you're you work with a partner and you write a brief and you prepare the brief, um, and then you go into rounds of oral argument um, as well. So Bobby and I um, chose to be partners after we were partners for mock trial mm-hmm. um, and kind of did the whole process together. And so this was last spring, right? It was, yes. Okay, all right. And so like, how long did it run from when you started to when you were done with, uh, with it? Yeah, so I think the info sessions were late January, mm-hmm. so um, pretty early in the semester, and kind of based on how far you get in the competition is how long it runs. So, because we ended up winning, it it took basically the entire semester. Oh, I see. Alrighty. Um, so, I guess like you know, what was it comprised of? What was the work? Like, what were you guys doing on a regular basis? You know, what you talk to us about that? Sure. So the big hurdle is at the beginning. It's a brief. So the brief can be anywhere from about fifteen to thirty pages, and so the brief is pretty much your one L. Uh, uh, pretty much your legal argument brief, one L you did, but this time it's much more. Uh, so when you say one L, you mean like LP? When L- you did it, exactly. Okay. So now, that's what I was looking for. Okay. LP. So is this like the office memo or the sort of the the oh, argument? No. Second, the second semester, semester okay. argument. All right. the put all the, one. Put yeah. the all the persuasive words you can in there. Right. Um, yeah, you and you get to get a little fiery. There you go. And you yeah. get more to, fun. And you get to pick what side you want for the brief. Oh, interesting. And so you have about two weeks to write it. And so oh. one person writes the first issue, one person does a second issue. And then you turn that in, and that's how kind of your ticket to uh, be a part of the competition. So that's really the big hurdle. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there's a practice round where you kind of get your feet underneath you. And mm-hmm. throughout the competition, you don't decide which side you are, the uh, appellee or the appellant, mm-hmm. but rather they kind of decide for you. And regardless of what you wrote about, you can get both sides. So you really have to know both sides of the argument really well. So at the beginning, you pick the side you want to represent in the brief, but then throughout, you are not you don't get to pick which which side of, this, of the case that you're on. Is that right? Exactly. Okay, interesting. Now, when you're talking about writing a brief, that initial brief, you know, that, talk to us about you know what was that about? What was it on? Like I know through a lot of our classes, there's just like the most random and arcane topics they can seem to find, but, but you know, what, what was that on? So this was about sanctuary cities last okay. year. So it was a really interesting topic. There mm-hmm. was a spending issue as well as a commandeering issue. So it was really con law plus um, a lot of civil procedure issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really enjoyed writing about that topic. I think this year it's a criminal law issue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be a good topic for them to write about. Okay. Yeah, and it's great because it's two L's write, writing the briefs, mm-hmm. and they um, they just learned con law and they just learned crim law last year mm-hmm. and hopefully are continuing it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's fresh in your brain. I know we both took a lot of our experiences with Professor Farman and con law um, when we were writing our briefs. Um, it mm-hmm. really informed our arguments. Now, who is Moot Court open to? It's open to all two L's. Okay. Um, all so, two L's. And you write the brief, uh, and then you're able to go. So okay. all two L's. Now, you know, throughout the litigation process, you know, how much of that is represented in moot court? Are you doing oral arguments? Sounds like you've already talked about written. You know, how much do you get to do? So you get to write the brief as mm-hmm. well as give the oral argument in front okay. of the judge. Interesting. Awesome. Now, uh, what was your final case about uh, as you progressed to the to the later innings of, of this? So it's... Um, Basically, it's the the same case throughout the entire thing. So you're basically, once you get to the final, you've argued the same case Mm -hmm. from both each side multiple times, um, which makes it so by the end, everyone is really good. Um, We had some formidable opponents um, in Abigail LaFontaine and um, Andrew Dubsky, who were both phenomenal. So what I want to ask you about next, tell me about uh, your opponents. It sounds like you said they're formidable opponents, I imagine, to get to the the later rounds of this. You'd probably have to be... was it like working across from them, perhaps with them? What, what, what were they like? Yeah, so it was actually funny. So Bobby and I went up against Andrew for mock trial. So we had an idea of mm. how great he was mm-hmm. at oral advocacy. Um, and I think we were both nervous um, just because they're so close and um, we know how much they prepared as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that final round is in front of a federal, we had a federal judge, um, a superior court judge, and a district attorney mm-hmm. who were judging us. Um, so when you're up against someone who's, who is so fantastic um, a, and you're being judged by these um, kind of high-profile people, mm-hmm. um, it is a little nerve-wracking, but... We got through it. Now, how much was was it all in person? Was there some of this on, that's on Zoom? I know, like a lot of our experience in law school has been like Zoom, you know, court hearings and things like that. How, how did it work? So it was entirely on Zoom. Okay, um, we oh, entirely. We, we were hoping to get uh, the final rounds, the semifinals in person, but we did the entire thing on Zoom. Okay. And it was definitely a different experiment experience being on Zoom, just because you're on your computer screen, mm-hmm. she's on her computer screen, uh, the other yeah. side's on theirs, and then you have the judge, yeah. um, as well as the bailiff, and yeah. anybody in the competitions knows there's always that extra person that has to sure. join. And right. so it was on Zoom, and so... Um, bailiff wasn't like sending you to a breakout room or anything? No, not okay. exactly. And so it was a different experience because, one, you have the temptation of just wanting to have your notes up there and read, mm-hmm. but the judges can tell. Mm-hmm. They want to see you as if you were there in person. And so you had to really... Get off those notes. Really, don't look at your notes during the argument, but pretend you're right there in mm-hmm. front of the judge. Um, so it was kind of a learning curve there, being on Zoom. Sure. So of course, you know, many lawyers today have to, you know, have Zoom court hearings to this day. You know, this is sort of part of the of, of the world that we live in now. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about what that was like? Some challenges you encountered. Uh, you know, you, you talked a little bit about notes and not wanting to look like you're looking at your notes. Which you know, there's something of an analog in, in the offline world where you might have notes with you in court. Uh, what was that like trying to, you know, perfect your uh, your, your your oratory abilities while you're while you're talking? through zoom yeah i i think it it was a challenge just kind of emotionally connecting with the person you're talking to Mm -hmm. um but i would say that the biggest hurdle was in moot court oral advocacy the judges interrupt you with questions and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to think on your feet 
And with Zoom, it cuts out when someone interrupts like you. Like a delay. Yeah, yeah. there's a delay. Um, so it's always it was always a little awkward mm-hmm. kind of getting back into your argument after you asked a question. If mm-hmm. the if it was kind of a you know a hot bench and they were yeah. they were asking you those questions um, in the middle of your argument. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just to go in, perhaps I've, I've missed it, but the sanctuaries, was that your final case that you, you argued? So what were some of like the, the the main issues, the sticking points, the the, the things that came up in your in your uh, final hearing? You know, you talked about the, the hot bench dynamic, like things that uh, came up in that case that were particularly difficult. So the main issue for my, when there's two different issues, we yeah. keep our own. Our main issue for me was uh, commandeering and whether or not the federal government can tell a municipality that they can't pass a law. And so I know it's a bunch of double negatives there, mm-hmm. and that's something we had to work out on how to say. Okay. But essentially, the federal government said you can't pass any laws. The state can't. The municipality, municipality which okay. is an extension of sure, the state. Right. Um, the municipality can't pass any laws mm-hmm. that restrict their police officers or any city official from interacting with the federal government. Mm-hmm. And so try to wrap your mind around that. There's a, a lot of con law. A lot but, of hours and But as you can law. see, he got it. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's still in his brain a year later. <laughs> and so, so yes. Yeah, so, but you think about ring some bells about constitutional law cases, mm-hmm. but there's no con law case exactly like that. So you have to kind of derive your argument from the other cases mm-hmm. that are all just slightly off. They don't say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then conversely, it's, it was an immigration case. Who has mm-hmm. the power? Of the federal. Who has the power to regulate immigration? The federal mm-hmm. government. And so both sides had pretty good arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the final round, we were the city of Saint uh, Cloud, Saint Claude, don't mm-hmm. really, whatever, whatever it was called. <laughs> it was different every. <laughs> it round. was different every time. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, no. So each time, each time we picked a side. Um, I really, I like being the federal government sometimes because you get sure. up there and say, "Hi, my name is Bobby Frul, and I represent the United States of America." Oh, and, yeah. and so, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds better. It sounds, it sounds, sounds cooler sounds, as you yeah, say in the so city official, of Saint. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, but for the final round with the city of Saint Claude, saying, okay. um, not quite as official. No, yeah. and so the federal government can't come in and tell us what we can pass. Yeah, they're they're not shaking level. in their boots because of Saint Cloud <laughs> is in the courtroom. Uh, now you said that each of you had an issue. That was your issue, Jamie. What was your issue? Yeah, mine was a spending clause issue. Okay. So it was an argument very similar to the one that. Justice Roberts made in the Affordable Care Act case, um, mm-hmm. Sebelius. Um, so it was basically whether or not the federal government could pass a law that mm-hmm. withheld funds if they didn't comply with federal law. So um, whether or not them threatening those funds was a gun to the head of the municipality and whether or not the municipality had a real choice um, when choosing or whether or not to implement certain policies of the federal government. Gotcha. And I would say, I mean, I'm a generally a liberal person, it was difficult at times arguing on behalf of kind of a more conservative federal government um, when kind of dipping into the sanctuary cities issue for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what advice would you give students who are going into moot court now and the future, you know, based upon your experiences? Let the future litigator take that one. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say, guy over here. I think one of the most important things is mm-hmm. to find a partner who you can work long hours with and who you trust um, to kind of get their side of the argument down. I think you're doomed to fail if you don't trust your partner. Um, And Bobby and I worked really well together. We wrote the brief 50-50 and always kind of got the same feedback like throughout the entire mm-hmm. rounds um, the judges would always compliment both of us um, and it was a very balanced experience whereas yeah. you know if you're spending these long hours with a partner and they're not pulling their weight you start to resent them it, it never ends well um, sure. so definitely 
find someone you trust um, and also just have fun. I, I think it can be a really stressful experience if you make it one. I think there were definitely times where we were stressed out, um, but it ended up kind of ending well. And we look back and remember very fondly the the time we spent preparing awesome yeah, and echoing what jamie said definitely having someone that you can work with well you're going to spend a lot of time together preparing the arguments um and the other thing i want to add is know your argument very well um it's a different experience the only kind of experience you have with oral arguments is your 1l quick 10 minute mm-hmm. uh, oral argument but when you go to the first practice round and you don't know your argument perfectly well, you kind of get knocked back a little bit. Mm. The only way you can really stand on your feet and have an argument, uh, know what you're talking about, is if you really know the argument. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really had the opportunity. I was a teacher, but that's kind of a different type of thing where I control the classroom. I'm telling, right. I'm telling the students what we have to do. They're asking questions. I can give answers. I ask them questions. But when you're the person standing in front of the judge and not knowing what they're going to say, mm-hmm. you can have some question that you don't know and you better know your argument well or else you're going to have a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, and just mm-hmm. give the wrong answer. And even worse than stopping and for a little while and giving a lot of ums, mm-hmm. definitely stop and think. But the worst is if you give a wrong answer mm-hmm. and some judges really like to pound yeah. you and put you into a corner. Sure. Um, and so definitely knowing your argument backwards and forwards mm-hmm. will allow you to have the ability to answer those tough questions because they're going to come. And that's a little different from mock trial where it's kind of you have your line of questionings for the witnesses, for cross-examination, but with moot court, you don't know what's coming any given mm-hmm. night. And so the judges can ask you a question you've never seen before, mm-hmm. and you have to really know your argument or else you're really going to get caught off guard. So going off of that, uh, you know, you talk, Jamie, you mentioned feedback, and obviously you're talking about, you know, there's some, uh, it sounds like there's some hard coaching you might have to take at times if you, you don't know things backwards and forwards, as you said. Uh, can you talk about, you know, the feedback, like what you guys got? You know, maybe there's some of those moments like you're alluding to, like how that, you know, impacted you preparing in the future? Yeah, Bobby and I are both thinking yeah, of the I see same. you smirking. I, yeah. some, something going on. We had, we had one judge who was so tough on us, mm. and he was tough on the other side, too. I think that was just his style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, it, it both stunned us. We both logged off the Zoom and immediately called each other and said, would you believe what just happened? Um, but at the end of the day, it makes you better. And I think you really have to learn to take feedback gracefully. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it definitely, I, I remember he said he was pounding us with questions. And Bobby and I just both started smirking. What we kind were of like, questions? I mean, the questions were, you know, what do you mean? How, you know, <laughs> yeah. how are you saying this when their argument goes the other direction? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know when you're, you're right. giving it's a little Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we both started kind of smirking because we were like, I can't believe this. Yeah. Um, and during feedback, he said, you guys were smiling. What were you smiling at? It comes off as so rude. Oh, and man. for the rest of the for the rest of the rounds, we were stoic. Yeah. There was there was no. So he rattled you a little bit there. You know? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but that was an early round, yeah. luckily. Um, but. We both we both remember it so clearly at this point. Yeah, and we have to be grateful to the BC Law alums that do come and judges competitions because this is this is a big night for them. They, a lot mm. of them, some judges don't, but a lot of them do show up knowing the argument very very well, mm. um, and they prepare very well and they want to give you feedback. So mm-hmm. a lot of the alums that come back and judge, whether they're actual judges or they're 
uh, lawyers that are litigators or corporate lawyers as well, they mm -hmm. come to that night knowing the arguments very well and ready to give you feedback. Mm -hmm. And so it is really great feedback because they all do come very prepared yeah. um, and want to help you out. Awesome. I would also say some of them are real judges. So mm -hmm. these are people that, w I mean, I don't know if you're going to be doing a lot of litigation in your job, but um, these are people that we're actually going to be arguing in front of mm -hmm. starting next year. So. Oh. Um, it's great preparation, and these there are BC Law alums all over Boston who are judges. So it, it's just a it's yeah. a great experience. It's authentic feedback. Now, now with the, the 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 tough person that you mentioned there, did that fall evenly? Was if if you were there for it, did the other side get the same uh, level of scrutiny, perhaps? Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, it was okay. a tough so, night, tough night all around. Yeah. Okay, tough night for everybody. And we we run we won that round, so it wasn't okay. it wasn't horrible feedback. Right. Um, but we both got kind of yeah. Jamie carried me that round. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, finally, before we wrap up, you know what? Uh, you know, if you, if you could change something about mood court, or you know, if you were sort of overseeing this in the future from your experience, what do you think could be improved? What do you think? You know, maybe if it was a little different, it might be better. Hmm, let me think about that one. I mean, I obviously wish it had been in person, mm -hmm. um, and luckily this year, which now I'm talking directly to the two L's, you should absolutely do it but i it's a great experience to be standing up and giving the argument mm -hmm. um and unfortunately due to covid we were on zoom but i think that um it would have been great if we were in person yeah i just echo being in person with the only thing i can change i know uh ryan moser uh the head of bsa did a wonderful job running all the competitions mm -hmm. and so that runs everything yeah no that's uh, what i'm saying he runs all the competitions <laughs> he did a great job last year um, I know there was three L's um, in particular around the mood corner. Their yeah. names are escaping me right now, but yeah. um, BSA does a great job putting these competitions on. Awesome. Very good. Uh, well, this has been BC Law's Just Law podcast. We've been chatting about moot court. I'm Tom Blakely talking to Jamie Ehrlich and Bobby Furlow. Until next time, that'll do it. Thanks for tuning in.